Do you remember what you want to be when you grew up? I think if I remember back, I wanted to be a novelist first because I wanted to write stories. Then I wanted to be a veterinarian. Did I say it right? Okay. We just learned that before this happened. Um, then, I, because I loved animals, then I wanted to be a paleontologist after I saw Jurassic Park. No, I did not know what that was as a child, but eventually I was like, I want to work with dinosaurs and discover their bones. It was a paleontologist. Then I want to be an actress, and now I want to be a director or a producer or all of the above. Anyway, the point is, when we were younger, it was so much easier to have our dreams come true, right? Mm -hmm. We just thought about it, then we was going to do it, and it was yep. a thing. But as you age, it gets a little harder because you have personal responsibilities, just the grind of life steps in. So how do we like reignite our passion, our flame for our dreams? Okay, it's very important to think about these things. And once we have that passion reignited, how do we sustain that? Where do we get that faith from? If you've asked yourself these questions, or more, then this episode is for you. Hi, I'm Pam Williams, a mother. And I'm Jessica E. Williams, a daughter. And this is a mother and a daughter truthful chat, where we discuss our 35-year multi-layered relationship. We've been through so many ups and downs. Not only are we family, but we're business partners in the high-stress world of event planning and production for short films. We've also shared the same therapist for over 10 years. What some people call codependence, we call collaboration. So join us as we share stories from our lives, have candid conversations with other mother-daughter duos, and shed light on the roller coaster ride of being a woman while raising a woman. So welcome back to Truthful Chats, where we um, take about 20 minutes or less every week. Sometimes more. We went over a little bit a couple of weeks, but I think we're on target today. And... Um, the show is designed to get us to, into the practice of generating, creating generational wellness. So more about that in the description box below. below. This video, wherever you want. So every month we have a generational wellness theme. And on Thursday nights for about 30 minutes or so, we unpack that theme a little bit, kind of dig into it and hopefully make you think about some things, right? All right. So the theme for this month is believe. And our episode tonight is believing is seeing. I know a lot of times people say seeing is believing, but believing is seeing. And today we're going to discuss how to gain the confidence to believe in your dreams, along with a few tools that can help you stay motivated. Because you got to stay motivated out here. So yes, all month long, we've been talking about belief and how it shapes our thoughts, emotions, and all of our actions, because it's important stuff. But today, uh, we are focusing specifically on how beliefs affect our dreams. And we've also been talking about how our beliefs affect how we see ourselves, how we see our abilities, how we see the world around us, and how they're either limiting or empowering us. So this is very specific when it comes to dreams, right? Because you have to believe that you can achieve the dream. If we were building a house, we'll build a house around her for all the Peter Pan kids. Um, it's a foundation. You feel me? The foundation will be like, I believe that this dream is going to happen as the base of the house. And then you build everything else around it. So um, believing in your dreams for the future is super important because without that, the dreams won't happen. Saying all that to say that it's also not like magical thinking. Like you can't just think of the thing and then mm. it's going to appear either. So you have to believe in it to give you the confidence and motivation to be able to pursue it. Um, especially when you're faced with obstacles and setbacks, those things will inevitably happen. It's called life. Um, but if you have a strong enough belief, then you can push past those things. And again, it's what you, what you build your, your life on. 
dreams, your dreams, your desires, your hopes, and um, it builds your ability to believe in yourself, what you're capable of. And once you have that as your foundation, it opens up the possibilities of what is possible for yourself. And beliefs are super powerful. Um, it's really playing tricks with your mental mind because they sort of become like self-fulfilling prophecies for the better or the worse, depending on where your mindset is. Yeah, that's for sure. We are going to have to step on some toes kind of early in this episode, including our own, um, by talking about self-sabotage a little bit. I thought it was really important that we include that in this episode. Um, It often stems from lowest self-esteem, my particular favorite, overthinking. It can come from negative self-talk and then the related emotions that go along with that the negative related emotions. emotions. Yeah, we actually made a movie about that, didn't we? We did more on that later. Yes. And so these things are continually reinforced by the resulting failure. Failures. It's kind of like a cycle, right? So the negative feelings go with you into the your experiences, then that makes the experience negative, which then reinforces your belief that things are that way and negative. And so then you kind of just spiral around in this circle again. You feel negative, the experience becomes negative. It reinforces your belief mm-hmm. about negative um, negative emotions. And then you're just caught in this spiral, right? But it all stems from your beliefs. Yeah, yeah. And when in reality, your thoughts are what attracted that negative cycle. That's what started the cycle because you were thinking negative thoughts in the first place, right? So some common signs of self-sabotage, because a lot of times people don't even know that's what they're really doing, is procrastination, which I think we all do a little bit. But the more you self-sabotage, the more you kind of do that, right? Or eating comfort food. You know, you got to have that bowl of mac and cheese or whatever it is. is (laughs) That will make you feel better. That whole bag of chips. Not the little hundred calorie count, but the whole big one. Um, Self-medication with drugs and alcohol. And I'm going to add excessive social media in here a little bit, too. I have noticed that I think a lot of people self-medicate with that as well. Um, You can beat self-sabotage by monitoring your behaviors, thinking about what you're doing, why you're doing it, challenging yourself looking at how this is standing between you and where you actually want to get and looking for patterns, repeat patterns or whatever. I love to see people announce that they're going off social media for a little while, because to me, that means that they're self-aware, they're monitoring their behavior, they're thinking about what they're doing that could be Mm -hmm. self-sabotaging them, and then they just decide I'm taking a break or whatever. So whatever your thing is um, that you are now kind of realizing, maybe i maybe I do that. Mm -hmm. Then get out your little handy journal that we talked about and write about um, the stuff that we talked about last week, right? Um, How to journal, how to be aware, how to quiet yourself down and just think about some of the things you're doing. Because y'all know what y'all be doing. Y'all know the patterns. You know know exactly when, you know, you got something to do and you find 20 million things to keep from doing it. When you know, if you completed that step, it would take you closer to whatever your dream is. But you really got to get down to why are you procrastinating about it? Like, yeah. clearly you feel like something about it you can't do, which is why I you believe. pile all this other stuff on top of it. We talking to ourselves. It's yes, not indeed. like we just coming for y'all. We, we are. We be talking we to ourselves. To <laughs> y'all don't understand the struggle it is to even do this every week. Okay? Yes, yes, so, indeed. But, so, 
what are some tools that we can use to change those beliefs that might be causing us to self-sabotage and prevent us from moving forward? Well, number one is, it's something I actually said I was going to get good at this year. I'm still working on it, but visualization. And that really is a tool that just gets you to help your future self out. Okay. So it's pretty much the practice of you have like an image in your mind that you're holding and you're using it to line up your emotions, your actions, your intentions, your thoughts into achieving that dream or that particular goal. I don't know if y'all remember the movie Inception. It changed my life and many others. Shout out to Leo and them. Um, but remember, they were accepting thoughts into people's minds. And then like they were literally going on a mission into this person's mind to put this thought in there. And then the person will start doing it. It was an inception. So this is kind of like what visualization does. So it helps get you closer to your visions, your goals and your dreams. But it can also be used to uh, overcome limiting, limiting beliefs or negative bias like we were talking about earlier. So mm -hmm. like, let's say, you know, for example, you got a paper coming up if you're in school and, you know, you might be really like, I think I could write this paper. Like I'm good at this subject, but then you got all these things, maybe like a teacher told you you wasn't good at writing once and all this negative thought coming to your head. And then you kind of just put on all this, you know, stuff that you got to do and then you procrastinate to write the paper at the last minute. And then, cause you really feel like, ah, I don't know if I can do this. And then you mess yourself up, right? It's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Instead of you taking a couple minutes to visualize, like, let me visualize myself writing this paper, like killing a game. Like, let me, let me visualize my teacher giving me the paper in my hand. Like, let me really like practice this. Okay. So um, it really helps with getting you to your confidence. Uh, I'm sorry, increasing your confidence and your motivation to reach and achieve your goals. So uh -huh. We're not leaving you empty handed. You can practice visualization by these couple of steps. Okay. Find a quiet place to be completely undisturbed. Don't have your kids or your significant other, your pets or nobody bothering you. Okay. Find somewhere you can sit, lay down, however you do what you do. The point is to relax. So close your eyes, do some deep centering breathing. Okay. Be still. So your subconscious can talk to you and you can talk to it. And then you want to get super specific about the outcome. Like, what is the thing that you're focused on? Again, are you trying to write the paper? Um, do you see yourself in the relationship? Okay. Have you finally made it? Um, or do you see yourself in that new car? Whatever your particular visualization is. Feel all the feels specifically in the visualization. Like, how does that person look? How do you look? How do you feel? What are you wearing? Put all those things together and then uh, practice it once a day. And then as you get better and better at it, you can do it multiple times a day. So I'll give you another example. Okay. So I'm a storyteller. It's what I do for a living. Again, you heard I was a writer, an actress. Now I'm a director, producer. Sometimes I be acting. Sometimes I write. It really just depends. I'm, I'm still sort of all over the place, but the dream is still alive. I'm not off track. Okay. So for example, we all have we all have seen this in this particular industry of film. The highest award you can get is an Oscar. So I think something that's cool about social media, we talked about negative things, yeah. but like for the Oscars, you can watch all your faves get prepared for the night. Right. So you see their glam squad, how they pick their dress or their suit. You see them all getting ready. So if your goal was to envision yourself winning an Oscar, watch some of those videos and then make one of your practice being like, okay, see yourself with their glam squad, getting ready, laying out all your stuff, taking your pictures, looking fly get in the car, getting out on the red carpet. Like, who are you interviewing? Who are you seeing on the carpet that you love? They love you. Y'all are vibing. Picture yourself in the award show. And then finally your category is up. How do you feel when you see yourself announced, when you hear your, your name 
you know, called, when you see the clip, like, how are you feeling? Then visualize and imagine like, oh my God, they call your name. How are you feeling inside? Is your heart beating fast? Are your palms beating, you know, feeling sweaty? Are you up on stage? Are you getting the award from somebody you love? Who's giving it to you? Like really put yourself in the whole situation of your speech. How does the Oscar feel in your hand? Like what are the interviews afterwards? Did you go to the Vanity Fair party afterwards? Did you go to the gold party afterwards? Were Beyonce and Jay-Z like, oh my God, we so proud of you. Like, really put yourself in the environment. And so even if you're not an Oscar person, maybe you're a real estate person, or maybe, you know, you want to get, I don't know. Well, I see myself giving a TED talk. Okay. Come on for the TED talk. Listen, people be out here talk. getting the TED talks. So it's really about putting yourself into the imaginative space to actually see and feel that thing happening because you're kind of tricking your brain a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like you're actually training your mind, your mental mind, your subconscious to have your nervous system and your brain patterns. Yeah. There's all this kind of science about it. We don't get into it, but like you're training your brain to really not know the difference between whether something is actually happened to you or whether you're imagining something happening to yourself, but it's all the same to your brain, baby. So just train your subconscious with some visualization. So listen, here's a great story. I have been training this child's brain for a long time. A long time. So at her sweet 16 party, we created an Oscar for her. It's cute, huh? So yeah. this is kind of black. It's yes, black. Right? So this was this her what I want Oscar. my Oscar to look like. Her favorite colors at the time were silver, purple, and blue. They Probably still they are. still are. So this was here. Hold your Oscar. And so at her sweet 16 party, we had a very dear friend of ours who is a well-known actor. Give her this award. Give her this award. So it's the visualization of all the things. It's an actor giving you the award, you receiving That's the Oscar. And so you didn't. You're a good mom. You're a good mom. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So, um, and it was a whole event. We had blue carpet rolled all out and people on the carpet talking as she came in and everything. So we actually created that vision for her. And I think I actually wrote it. it. I actually wrote it down. Actually, it was a story I made up. Yeah, they kind of like made it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just because. But then it gets deeper, right? Because currently we live. Our next door neighbor is an Oscar winner. So I've actually been over her house. I held the Oscar like we were super excited you held for her. The other Oscar too. You've held two Oscars. Oh, I actually have I held two yeah. Oscars now. Okay. And then um, her and her partner—they're like the greatest neighbors in the world. But they're also on the committee, I think. And. Um, they gave me this. So it's a little Oscars thing. Uh, and it's a little candy. So I can like actually take out a little actual Oscar. So I like look at this every single day and see it. It's a little candy. I'm not going to eat it. Anyway, <laughs> that's a, a practical visualization tool. And again, it's how you train your subconscious to get you to where you want to be, baby. Yeah. And for those of us who practice the Christian faith, you know, we hear this in scripture all the time. Um, we walk by faith, not by sight. We call those things that be not as though they are. And so that is our faith-based version of visualization. We have faith in the power of God that um, allows us to see a vision that God has given us. And then because we believe in his power and the ability of his power to work in us, then we believe that these things are ultimately going to happen if that's his will. Exactly. So it's not woo woo. It's just the way 
the brain, it's an understanding of how the brain and yeah, the mind, how it works, and the spirit and the energy and all that work together. Yeah, another thing that's a strategy beside visualization is a little Number step two. further. <laughs> it's not just in your mind. It's actually creating a vision board. And I know a lot of you have done that. I've worked with some of you as we've been to vision board parties and all that kind of thing. So this is, again, another visual re representation of your goals and dreams. You put images and quotes and affirmations and things that will inspire mm -hmm. you on this board. And then now that's something visual you can see every day to manifest your dreams. Um, by visualizing these, you again are sending a message to your brain, to your nervous system that says, hey, this is where we're going. This is the path we're on. You better line up and get with it. And so that sends get the on. message to the universe and to your brain that this is where we're going. This is our journey. Big facts. Number three. A growth mindset. So important. I'm working on it. I'm in spaces with entrepreneurs and people who are doing things that I want to do and get places that I, that I want to go or they're already there. So they constantly are preaching about having a growth mindset. And so mm -hmm. that's developing your ability to believe that your abilities, the things that you're good at, that you can do and your intelligence are all going to line up in hard work and determination and perseverance to get you to your goal and dream. And so individuals with a growth mindset, um, they're more likely to embrace challenges, um, pivot from, you know, sort of setbacks and things like that. Um, learning from criticism, because these are all things that make you better at the craft, okay, of whatever you're trying to achieve yeah. um, as your goal. And so usually those people, um, again, take challenges and criticism as healthy things. They use it to grow and learn more, which is important. And then they're, they're opening their minds to what's possible instead of having this sort of defeatist attitude. Yeah. It's just, again, it's brain chemistry. You know what I mean? You got to flip the switch sometimes. So um, it's great to have a growth mindset. And no, you ain't got to know everything all the time. You're learning, you're growing, you're becoming a better person. Number four, okay, celebrate your wins. Me and my therapist work on this weekly. Um, and it's important because he's always trying to be like, don't minimize your, your wins. Um, be Birdman, put some respect on your name. And that is the idea that whatever you're doing, if you're getting success at it, or even if you're not having success on it, whatever the little small things are that feel like wins for you, you got to celebrate that stuff because it triggers your brain to be like, okay, I have results. I'm being successful in this area and I want to keep, keep going. So you got to throw that stuff up. You feel me? So we just want to make sure uh, that, you know, you remember to do those things. It's important. Okay. You got to celebrate daily, weekly, monthly, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Right. So believing in yourself and your dreams is the key to reigniting your passion. Period. I am 68 years old and there's some things that. Where? Been, Where is a 68 though? I've been wanting to do for a long time and I, I don't have the mindset that I'm not going to do it. Sometimes I don't know how it's going to get done, but it never occurs to me that it's not going to happen. happen. So I just keep moving forward, keep moving forward and assessing where I am in regards to self-sabotage or negativity oh, bias. Um, life can beat us all sometimes. Listen, that COVID took a chunk out of everybody, but we are coming back in our mind, in our body, in our action. And then we're retraining our brain. We're doing it through visual visualization, through vision boarding, through developing a growth mindset, um, celebrating our wins to become um, 
celebrating our wins to overcome the obstacles and stay motivated on our journey. We keep going with these things. So find ways to make these daily, weekly, and monthly practices. Your future self will thank you. Hello, future self. And um, anything is possible when you believe in yourself and your dreams. Big, big facts. Okay. Women's History Month. So right? that's 20 minutes. If uh, you got to go, we understand. But it is Women's History Month. So we promised you all month long that we we're going to be telling you about incredible, dynamic Black women um, that you may never have heard of that was doing some dope, super crazy, amazing this, I stuff. love this story. Yeah, it's dope. All right. So let's get into it real quick. All right. A great example of this is today's Women's History Month highlight a dynamic Black woman that you may never have heard of. Yeah. So everybody says that Madam C.J. Walker was the first Black millionaire. Turns out it was this young woman, Sarah Rector, right? Sarah Rector was born to Joseph and Rose Rector on March 3rd in 1909, uh, 1902, I'm sorry, near Twine, Oklahoma. Decades earlier, her African-American ancestors had been enslaved by members of the Greek Creek Indian Nation. <clears throat> this made them eligible to receive land distributed to individual mm. Indian families as part of the 1887 Dawes Allotment Act. Which we have to Google. I don't know enough Look, about that. Yeah. Who knew? Reparations! Reparations! So Sarah's original allotment of 160 acres was only valued at $556.50. So her father was strapped for cash, and so he leased his daughter's parcel of land to a major oil company in February of 1911 to help him pay the $30 annual property tax, right? So two years later, Rector's fortune took a major turn when independent oil driller B.B. Jones produced a gusher on her land that brought in 2,500 barrels or 105,000 gallons of oil every day. That Dang. equates to seven or $8,000 a day now. The wells eventually started producing thousands of gallons a day. And by the age of 18, Miss Sarah was a millionaire. Her fame became widespread and she received numerous requests for loans, money, gifts, and for marriage proposals. Always trying to be in the bag. I ain't saying he's a gold digger. Always trying to be right, in the bag. Right, right. So in 1914, the Chicago Defender published an article claiming that her estate was being mismanaged by the white people and her ignorant parents and that she was uneducated, dressed in rags, lived in an unsanitary shanty. So some of the national leaders at that time, Booker T. Washington, W.E. Du Bois. They should have asked questions. But became, no, they did. They became oh. concerned about her welfare and they went to check it out. And that's how they found none of the allegations were true. Rector and her siblings went to school in Taft, an all-Black town that was near Twine. And they lived in a modern five-room cottage and they owned an automobile. Mm. So Rector later moved to Kansas City. Missouri and lived in what became known as the Rector Mansion. Mansion. That still stands in Kansas City today. So if you're ever there, that's a check black history moment you should check out. With her newfound wealth, she went on to acquire a boarding house, a bakery, multiple stocks and bonds, 2,000 acres of land, and the Busy Bee Cafe in Muskogee, Oklahoma. She diversified her bonds. In 1922, she married Kenneth Campbell, the second African-American to own an auto dealership. The couple had three sons. They were recognized as local royalty, 
driving expensive cars and entertaining elites like Joe Lewis, Duke Wellington, and Count Basie at their home. Duke Ellington. Falling. <laughs> All right. They divorced in 1930. That didn't last long. And Rector remarried in 1934. Sarah lost most of her wealth during the Great Depression, unfortunately. As did many others. And when she died at age 65 in 1967, she only had some working oil wells and real estate holdings. If you would like to read more about Miss Sarah Rector, check out that book. There's a book called Searching for Sarah Rector, The Richest Black Girl in America by Tanya Bolden. Cool. And if you want to learn more about her, uh, check out the National Museum of African American History Center. So they're on IG and Facebook, uh, which is how we found out this information. Okay. So you got to keep yourself educated, especially in these times where uh, history is in question. Anyway, with that, you know what time it is. We said we wasn't going to be before you long. We went a little over. Just a, just a little bit. But uh, the information is important, I think. And I like to learn. So anyway, we love y'all. We hope this has been helpful. Um, hopefully you'll use these journaling prompts and start thinking about some things. <laughs> and uh, it's Women's History Month again. So shout out the women that you know, love, trust, like, Which respect. Which that's what's making us going over. In the, the current history. But it's important. Okay. Uh, celebrating. So yeah, so celebrate uh, women from history that you know, or just your mama, your auntie, your sister, your cousin. Put it in the comments. And then, of course, you know, we always ask you about this time. Have you subscribed? Uh, have you liked us? Are you following us? We are just... Like us where? Oh, uh, subscribe on the YouTubes. Like us on the Facebook. And um, follow us on IG. Yeah. You feel me? So, we're at Create Generational Wellness everywhere. If you just put us in Google, we should come up. We're working on our rankings and things. Anyway, with that... We will bid you adieu. Thank y'all so much. Good night. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Love y'all. Peace.